All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of the Gestalt Education Show. Uh, so I'm excited. We've sat down with all of Brett's best friends from school. I'm excited to sit down with one of my best friends from school. So we're here at uh, Alec Payne Performance here in Frankfurt, Illinois, uh, just outside Chicago with Jake Alec. So uh, I was lucky enough to meet Jake. Uh, you know, we, he was already two tries behind me, maybe, yeah. something like that. And so uh, we were both MPI reps at the time, and uh, he was at Nationals and at Kansas City. and. I mean, basically, I was just using his apartment to stay at because he liked the same music as me, and uh, he lived in a sweet place downtown Chicago. And every course that you went to, I was probably taking it for the second time. You were taking it for the third or fourth exactly, time. So exactly. So it, uh, it was an easy blend of that. Aspect. Yeah. So, I mean, what I think what's been awesome for me, too, is like Jake and I have had similar, uh, you know, growing pains, learning, uh, you know, and, and applying and integrating and stuff like that as we went through school. So uh, that's been awesome to, to kind of have someone to bounce off of. So, Jake, start us off with, you know, you're at national um I assume that you probably have a great story of how you stumbled in the MPI club and you know yeah. where where'd your early influences take off? Yeah, so I was I graduated from National. It'll almost be two years now. Um, when I first started at National, I was the guy that was there like an hour before class started. So I just always saw people talking amongst each other that have been there for a while. And kidding not, the first day of me being at school, I sat across from the lobby at National. It's called the, the Eagles Nest for all of those. People that went to National, you know what I'm talking about. And I saw David Jolson. He just got married, literally right before right before that trimester started. And so he was talking to everybody, and he was currently the president of MPI of, at the school. And so I kind of knew that, all right, this guy knows a little bit more people. He's kind of the linchpin around school. I, I got to get to know him, right? Yeah. So through meeting Nick Schmidlkoffer, Anthony Kelly, um, Bob Lutz, all the people that were just a year below Dave, they were just like, hey, we do this thing at lunch, and we kind of all get together and practice adjusting. And at the at the, at the time, I was like, oh, club, that kind of looks like a little goofy. Like, back you think club in college, you're just like, kind of like the dorks that do yeah. clubs back then. But then this was kind of like the Studley Club, because everyone that graduated from school that did it, they were top tier in their, in their class. So we went down there, and it was a handful of my buddies at the time that I was kind of correlating myself with. I got, guys, let's go down there. And we kept going, we kept showing up, kept showing up, meeting people, and we knew that was the place to be uh, during lunchtime was down in the, in the adjusting room. Uh, mm -hmm. When everyone was kind of getting off campus, we were practicing adjustment. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Good. That's awesome. Well, another kind of unique thing about you, Jake, is that uh, you were a college football player. Mm -hmm. um, you went to the Miami of Ohio. Yep. So um, some people may meet you with your small stature and say, what the hell are you doing a college football player? I'm sure that that added into a little bit of you being a, a learn-it-all and, and just kind of a, a – a, I just think you're a savage because you grinded through your grinder and stuff like that. So how did that – journey kind of influenced you to where you're at now? Yeah, I mean, even now working with the high school here, I tell everybody I had to do, concentrate on everything that was besides God-given talent, right? <laughs> God-given talent, God-given validity, I had to do everything besides that, which was your nutrition, which was your bodily movement and getting strong with stuff in the gym that control the controllables, right? Yeah. Uh, and that's how I, I lecture with the, the football team here in the, in the community and just how I actually worked with kids while I was at Miami. I was teaching kids, this is how we got to eat at the dining hall because the coaches really weren't allowed to eat with us because it would have been like over their time. So it was like, hey, Jake, sit with the basketball kids, teach them how to eat. Hey, sit with this <laughs> offensive lineman. He can't, 
get his calories up, so teach him how to eat. So it was allowing me to kind of work with other people because I implemented it myself to get to the Division One level as a five six kid that probably no one should be able to be on that field. Like on the roster, I was five ten two fifteen, but I was really five six two hundred one. That's amazing. Um, Living a lie. That's yeah, right. no, that's amazing. That's so right. uh, well, and, and that's awesome. And uh, so then take us through so school. What's kind of full circle is then the first person you met was Dave Jolson, and yep. then right out of school you uh, moved to Greenville and, and worked for him for almost a year before COVID kind of yep. played into that. Yep. So um, going through school, my, my initiative was always to make the decision where I wanted to work within a year of graduating because uh, through being in school and kind of seeing people scramble as soon as they graduated, like, all right, loans are kicking in. I got to find a place to work. They would kind of rush into places mm. versus for me, I was lucky to just shadow people from all across the moon and kind of understand, all right, this is how this practice does their thing. This is how this practice does their thing. Learn how different docs treat. And that kind of formulated the way I treated through learning MPI, DNS, all the different mixed modals of, of treatment. And then Dave was that mere replica of myself, or I can say I was the mere replica of him. Um, and that allowed me to enter his uh, facility and his clinic down in Greenville, knowing nobody, but understanding that I treat the way the owner of this clinic does. And that allowed us to kind of jive. We talked about patients behind the scenes and allowed us to kind of piggyback ideas back and forth yeah. while being on the same page down there. <clears throat> I love it. And then, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people, I'm sure, ask you this question of, well, I'm thinking about starting my own practice. I, I want to go work for someone for a little bit and then come back. What was your experience? Uh, you know, what were some of the lessons that you took away from, from working with, with Dave and, and, and Greenville that you've kind of implemented back to, to where we're at now? Yeah, well, I think many people in my <clears throat> age group of chiropractic school would say Dave really set the gold standard of how a cash practice is, is set. And that's how my practice is here. It's, we, we don't directly bill insurance. So that's kind of a whole different mold of practice setting and business-wide of things and how you market yourself. Mm -hmm. So being able to learn from him while being in there and, and working within the clinic allowed me to understand, okay, what are our type of patients? Where do you get those types of patients in the, in the town, in the community? And that allowed me to come here and understand from working in that system for a year, okay, this is where you gotta start right away and get going. You don't really have that time to learn because mm -hmm. you got rent due, you got things that you gotta meet, you got bills to pay, and it's get going, right? Um, and as I was talking to Brett earlier today, I even shifted where I get patients even through practicing here for the first couple of months of, I've kind of abandoned one side of getting patients and kind of targeted more the coaches slash trainers in our community because they're in a cash-based city themselves. They're working with people that pay them cash. So if you get them better with people that are usually already paying cash, they're okay paying that way right. as long as you get them back to doing what they love. Mm -hmm. So um, having Dave as, a, Dave as a role model has been incredible because I mean he teaches not only me, but he, he talks to a handful of my buddies that are in the system as well. And he's, I can say it as a gold standard of how a cash practice should be ran. And um, I couldn't do this without him. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, one of your other big uh, big influences has been MDT and McKinsey through the years. And so wh when did you first get exposed to MDT? I'm sure Jolson had to play in that as well. But. Yeah, so it was funny. It was um, uh, Tom Lotus, Dr. Lotus. He came to a national a handful of times, more than a handful of times when I was in school. And he was doing kind of these weekend, not weekend, but post class day talk where he kind of go over cases and kind of give his spiel about what MDT is, how he treats. 
And I remember the one day I just went and showed up to him. We kicked it off because he was Greek, I was Greek, and we kind of got connected there. <laughs> I'm and sure then, you said a couple curse words uh, at each other or something. He, he knows. He knows the M word I'm talking about. Um, and then when it comes to one of the guys that were just about to graduate, he was like, you got to get to know this guy. And I'm like, how do I get to know him? And I thought, all right, well, how about I just shadow him? So first day I went down to his, uh, his clinic downtown in, in, uh, in River North, and we just hit it off. I think I remember, and he remembers to this day, him taking a picture with an Al Plumbing cutoff shirt on, flexing, and I'm flexing in my like MPI shirt. And we just had a ball seeing like 16 to 18 patients that day. And I was obsessed with the whole mechanical exam, assess, you know, find a motion that reduces pain or gets range of motion better, adjust the restricted area, and get on to the next patient. And that's what allowed me to get obsessed with shadowing him and learning more through seeing it firsthand, but also diving into the seminars and kind of blending that MPI slash MDT approach, which is just the magic that you guys talk about all the time. Right, right. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, I, you, you've told me some amazing stories of Tom Lotus in the clinic, and we were lucky enough to have on our podcast and shadow him this week. And uh, he he is just a special talent in the treatment room. Yep. You know, like, <laughs> there, there's... Flip the switch, right? Yeah, exactly. So um, you actually had a great... Uh, we, we went to Vegas. We were in Vegas, right? And you had just happened to have a pair of Tom's shoes. And so, <laughs> like, one of Tom's old pair of shoes, and he wore it in Vegas the entire trip. Yep. <laughs> it was so it. great. I mean, it was just... It, it's, it's those uh, boater shoes, because this is the story of it, is Tom always had these amazing, just, like, designer-ish shoes that he would wear in clinic. And he had like this three drawer drawer uh, in, in his room. And in the bottom, I just saw him in there. And I was like, hey, are we the same size? And he's like, I don't know, try them on. So I just wore them all day in clinic. And we, he was very, all right, you kind of do this to the patient or you know, ex treat them or, do, or uh, assess them and kind of go throughout that. And then I showed up at home and I'm like, oh my God, I still got Tom's shoes on. <laughs> and so I just sent him a picture and he's like, just keep wearing them. I was like, whatever. Like, and then it just years go by. And then I remember we were packing for Vegas. I didn't have any like sandals to wear. I'm like, Tom, slip on shoes. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. So they're amazing. That yeah. is amazing. I well, um, I think another interesting thing about you too, Jake, is this is your home. So Franker is home for you. Uh, you said you moved here when you were one, right? Yep. Your parents did. Yep. Uh, your dad owns a, a really successful uh, plumbing company and it's kind of in your family. And so um, how's that been reintegrating back uh, into Frankfurt and how has that helped you to, to build what you have now today? Yeah, so it's ever since I, I mean, I went through the system of playing grade school football here, played baseball with um, the, the great sports all throughout school and growing up. Um, when I was in high school, I would I played a link away east. Um, I was lucky to play college football. But even once I went to Miami of Ohio, Coach Z allowed me to program all the strength and conditioning workouts for east while I was in college. And that just never really stopped until I made it back here. Even when I was in Greenville, even when I was in chiropractic school, I still kind of played that part with the high school. And now being back home, it's like I was away, even through my course of education and being in Greenville. But everyone knew I was still around and now like I'm around. So coming back home to the people that I grew up with and now, you know, I'm treating parents of kids that I grew up with and kind of connecting from the whole family level of all aspects of Frankfurt. It's the best in the world because um, when you can benefit the community and you can provide service to the community, that's what it's all about because this is community that made me who I am. Yeah. It's got a great feel to it. Like the people, we've been here all morning and I mean, you got like a great park system, the, the coffee's been great, yep. the restaurant, went to a little wine shop. That's right. Um, 
What about, so since you're on the Young Gun portion of our podcast, yep. what advice would you give some of our, our younger docs or students? Like, you know, how do you get to the point that you've gotten to? And we've had, uh, Grant Spear was another one yep. we had on as a, one of our Young Guns. So kind of talk about, because, you know, everyone's trying to uh, emulate, you know, your model kind of. So what, how you do it? So I think from in school, you got to understand, am I going to work for someone or am I going to own my own shop? Right. That's got to be a decision made. And that's through for me talking to other people at own places and through self-experience of other uh, colleagues coming out of school. You got to know what are those two. Right. Because if you're I think I want to open up. Nope, you're going to work for someone. First, right? <laughs> because Brett, you know it more than anyone else. And then what's anyone that's opened up a, a practice, you got to be full throttle. In, right. Right. Yeah. And I think when I when I talk to people at school, they're always kind of teeter totting between the two. And I just love if you just go full throttle, hey, I'm going to work for someone. And that's what I knew I was going to do from the get-go when I was in school. I was going to work for someone, and then I always had the mindset I was always going to come back home eventually. Obviously, with my aspect of going into Greenville, um, I had the full throttle of being there for a handful of years, but then my dad had uh, back surgery, so that's what got me to come home and make sure his rehab was taken care of. But from step one is, what's your decision in school? Hey, am I going to create my practice or am I going to work for someone? Because that allows you to migrate your time in a more beneficial fashion. For me, I knew I had to be the best clinician possible graduating school. That allowed us to take seminars out the Yahoo mm -hmm. to be really good clinically and not really spend a lot of time on the business aspect. Mm -hmm. Well, if you're going to open up your own shop, you better understand the X's and O's of business because you got to keep that rent going and pay the bills, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's step one. And then step two is once you're in town, you got to be part of wherever you're practicing. Um, for me, I always say, if I'm going to hire someone to, to work with me, they got to live within the town. Because if you're within the town and if you go out to dinner or you meet somebody and they can become a next patient, now that's your availability. Wherever you're at, you're marketing yourself. Yeah. The yeah, branding, one. right? So, yeah. I mean, that's one of the things Brett and I talked about too. And when, when I came to Troy, I think it's, it, it is like an underrated thing. A lot of people want to disappear from their patients and they want to get away from it. But there's a huge benefit to, like you said, I mean, we saw three or four of your patients today just right. walking around. Just walking around. And so, I, I mean, I think that that's difficult. We always talk about it. You, you never can get away from your failures or your successes. Yeah, it's but it. it's also like, I think there's a, there's a good learning uh, component to that of, of feeling the pressure of for like sure. seeing these people around so. for sure and that's why i mean there's there's patients that you actively want to say hi to mm -hmm. and there's some patients like all right still visit two with them hopefully they're feeling better <laughs> like, ah, i don't know right you walk up and you're like i kind of want to see how you're yeah, doing yeah. but i also <laughs> don't really want to ask see you on thursday you know? <laughs> so i mean but yeah that's the true benefit of it but on that on the back side anywhere you go can be that next patient on your books mm -hmm. right i mean there's been multiple times i've had a conversation with someone nothing about chiropractic nothing about pain nothing about anything body related they're on the schedule on friday because they met me as a person liked the conversation and said oh he's a likable dude i'm gonna make an appointment with him because i've been dealing with back pain i didn't even talk to him about right, right. Yeah. um so i think that's the thing that i think brett has instilled in a lot of people that have known you is just be yourself at all aspects of your life yeah because, I agree. um you never want to be that you know, person behind the curtain one way and then not in the mm -hmm. other way because wherever you're at there's always someone that you can meet and kind of say something about yourself or be a reflection of you or your business mm -hmm. right and that's that uh, the idea that I've gotten from you and also my, my dad living through him uh, growing up so yeah awesome. absolutely what do you think uh, Jake like what do you think uh, intangible things personality wise stuff like that um, that has helped you get to where you are like yeah. is there any things that you, you know, I, I always say like 
I was born with a, a good, uh, like outward. I just enjoy talking to people right. all the time. I know that you're kind of the same way, but right. is there anything uh, intangible wise that uh, you think people need to work on or ha what, what's the next steps there? Two things, I would say control the controllables, right? Mm -hmm. Don't say the woe is me, it's whatever you can take care of, take care of yourself and kind of go guns blazing with that. But also the answer is always no until you ask, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people are very stingy upon, oh, I don't know if I should talk to that person, I don't know if I should take that approach. Well, it's like, try it, right? Yeah. When I moved to Greenville, that's the I was talking to you guys, I got, it was a great chance for me to meet people without knowing anybody in the area. Like yeah. I knew three people in that community. It was Dave Jolson, Fran Jolson, and their son Miles. Like <laughs> that was it, right? Yeah. And it gave me the opportunity to say, okay, how can I grow some patients coming in for myself in an area that I've never met? Mm -hmm. And you have to do that by controlling the controllables, doing what you can. For me, it was my uh, social media aspect. Hey, if someone were just to randomly meet me in public and then search my name on Instagram, would they know what I'm about? Mm -hmm. And that's what I could definitely control. Um, and two is just going out and reaching out to people, going to gyms and meeting people that never knew about me. They may not even know about Upstate Spine Sport at the time because they were still new to the community, but you take that chance. Mm -hmm. And it may work out, it may not, but that's, you got you to you go for it. Right. Our generation struggles with that. And Breton, you know, has talked about a lot of like the confrontation of just like going out of your way and picking up a phone and doing mm -hmm. stuff like that. So I think that that's something for sure that you're not afraid to do. Um, let's go on to the social media since you talked about it. Yeah. So you're basically known uh, with our group of people for yeah. social media. That's that's one of the things. Do you actually enjoy doing social media? Yes. Do you you know like we're, we're <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. amazing because yeah. like I hate it. Yes. I don't know. I don't get much uh, enjoyment out of it. But it's a necessary evil. So well, what are some things? Maybe I know you enjoy it, but what are some things that make you consistent and successful with your social media? Well, one, it's having the ability to say put yourself out there, right? Because a lot of times you hear where someone will may go on a social media kick. They're like, all right, I'm, I'm getting out of my comfort zone. I'm doing this. Well, if you just kind of live that up and just do it, it becomes a lot easier as you keep going, right? And a lot of times in our business, people are coming to get treated by Brett Winchester, to get treated by Taylor Premier, to get treated by Jake Alec. Well, if you're not very out about yourself on your social, where almost everyone double confirms Am I going to go to this person by looking up their website or their social media? So Brett is, has like two pictures that Rich Olin put up of him on his Instagram. <laughs> so they use his Facebook or, you know, WinchesterSpinesFord.com to confirm. But for a lot of people in our era, they'll say, all right, I'm going to look up that clinic on Facebook or Instagram. Let me just confirm my decision to go there. Mm -hmm. And if you're just very out about yourself and just conversational and likable and, hey, I can relate to this person versus just talking medical language of this is spinal thesis, this is a disc herniation with the bisp like people can't connect to that. It's be yourselves, show yourself in the community and kind of just be all rounded by it. And if it ain't perfect, still post it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then we've talked about that saying that it doesn't have to be perfect all the time. And that's the big thing that I think stalls people is that they wait until that perfect thing, but now they're weeks behind and they didn't post anything because they didn't find perfect yet. No right. one has ever found perfect, right. you know? And I think some patients enjoy not seeing perfect because mm -hmm. it's like, oh, I can connect to them, Yeah. right? Yeah. So for me, it's like sometimes posting a not great meal when I post a lot of great meals that I do eat, it's like, all right, he's, he's not a robot. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, if you follow Liz's account, I'm sure you can see way more meals of me not eating perfect, perfect but yeah. um, it's just kind of being out there. So, yeah. yeah. What are the social media mediums you think that are most beneficial? Like so, and again, it all comes back to the community in your town. 
If you look at Facebook, this town is a little bit in that 30-year-old to like 60-year-old time. I do a lot on Facebook because that's the age group that are on Facebook, 30 to 60-year-olds. If you do south of 30-year-olds, that's all Instagram, okay? So depending on your niche of population that you want to attract or who you're looking for, I post different things on Facebook that I do on Instagram because they're two different uh, metros of medium, right? right. So um, that's one, is just understanding where it's your community, who you're trying to focus towards. Facebook's kind of a pain in the butt because you don't really notice much um, benefit from it as you continue to do it, but more people will share it, more people will say, oh, I saw this video that you did, or I saw this post, and then you'll get some patient rollover. Mm -hmm. Instagram is just so easy, it's, it's, like, it's your own like autobiography, but through video, you know? So do your stories, do your posts, I would always recommend at least throwing up two to three posts a week, mm -hmm. but then story as often as possible. Because not only are you giving benefit to your patients that are already following you, but also giving future patients of, oh, this is what this clinic's about. Mm -hmm. So you're providing two different values. It's not all about getting new patients, it's giving benefit to the patients that are already following you too. Mm -hmm. And how much is premeditated? I mean, are you like, you know, going through your calendar and mm -hmm. saying like on this day, I'm gonna push this out, is it? Yeah, so to get going, I would always recommend like on Mondays, a lot of people follow uh, Alec PTP and it's Move Better Mondays. So on Mondays, it's always about putting a, a, a motion on there, or a way that you can exercise into moving better. Mm -hmm. So that's always those posts. I may go on a spiel in here and just knock out four videos, plan it for four weeks, now I'm done for the month. Wednesdays are usually kind of my, if I'm doing some informative aspect of teaching someone about nutrition or about uh, different ways to exercise or lifestyle things, that's usually my days on that. So whenever an idea pops up and I got time, I'll film it and pre kind of keep it in the, in the algorithm. But a lot of times it allows you to kind of stay on track versus just shooting off the hip and you go two weeks with 10 posts and then a month and a half with nothing. How do you, uh, like on Instagram, I always joke with him, I'm like, man, I get on there and it's just like, you know, people exercising like crazy on there. So how do you maybe separate yourself from everyone else on, on Instagram? It, 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 the biggest thing is staying consistent with whatever you believe about, right? You and I talk all about the six type of patterns of movement, push, pull, hinge, carry, and core and squat, right? Well, if you're doing every one of my workouts always kind of echoes that same thing of, hey, this is the push and the pull workout, or hey, this is a, a lunge and a squat workout, or this is that type of medium, I'm always referring to those principles. Now, I'll have people that come to me like, oh, I didn't know that's considered a squat motion. Oh, hey, I have bad knees. How can I do this? And it's like, oh, we'll just do more lunges instead of, you know, you can kind of echo that until eventually they'll be like, ah, oh, I just want to get treated by you. Right. You know? So if you always have those bottom line principles that you're always kind of echoing, that's how you go off of it. It's not kind of just shooting off the hip of, oh, I'm really into intermittent fasting for this week. I'm going to talk about intermittent fasting. It's like, what, what are you about, right? Right. Yeah. Winchester Spine Sports, gluten-free or dairy-free. You yeah. guys can talk about that all day. Probably the people that we already ate from today can tell you that you guys talk about it. But everyone knows that about you guys, so now that's an easy thing for you guys to make posts about because you're about it, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's the biggest thing here is I make posts about moving better training smart and then eating well. So those are my three aspects of the clinic. And if you can look at a post, it's probably gonna be about one of those three things. Yeah, my wife, she, I mean, she's my business coach, marketing coach, and that's what she says, just pick your silos. Like you have three pillars that you just pick one of those things. And yep. so she always says when you're making a calendar like that, if you just pick, all right, Monday is like you have movement. So there you go, there's one of your pillars. Right. Wednesday's a different pillar, yep. Friday would be another one. Right. So as long as you're you're always gonna have content if you stick to those those types of things. Yep. So, And I think like another thing you said, sorry, is 
you stay true to who you are. You know, like if you're trying to portray yourself as something you're not on social media, the, everybody will see right through that. Yeah, I mean, sure. no, nobody in their right mind would go to Alec Payne right. performance and say, I don't know. I don't know if he actually works out. Yeah. You know, like, you know. I wonder if he smokes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like, just encompassing that, I think, is yes. a really important aspect. Well, and just like you said there, when you have those days that you're planning, and then say something out of the blue, like a 5K happens. Now that's just an extra post because it just happened randomly that week. Mm -hmm. So you always have that core content that you're just gradually pumping out. And then when something random happens, like we're going to take a picture with us three, that's going to be a random post. Right. So now some weeks you may get that extra one. Mm -hmm. But again, now that's just more eyes on you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I think like the thing that most people fail on is the consistency. Like you have stayed extremely consistent. And that's why you're growing right. such a good following on social media, which right. is difficult. I mean... Even us with Gestalt, I mean, that's that's what we're trying to do is like be more consistent on social media because that's what it takes to grow an audience and grow a community. I will say this morning, after 30 minutes of your Great Cook um, video being put on, I think it was 30 minutes after on, over 100 people was viewed it or was listened to it. So yeah, that's pretty darn good. Yeah, we're yeah, getting there, baby. Pretty darn good. There, so. so this will be even bigger. Uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> I like to say better than before. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> better than before. So, um, well, anyway, Jake, I, I just, me personally, thank you for being a great friend and, yeah. and for being a great role model, I think, for young clinicians that, like, this is a beautiful facility that you did a great job. And sometimes it's it's scary to, like, really jump into the deep end. Yeah. And uh, But I think you would probably reflect that if you go all in. You know, Tony Robbins always says, you know, burn if you want to, yeah, if you want to, you want to take burn the island, boats. you burn the fucking boats. That's and so right. I think that you've definitely done that. And uh, so it's showing. And the quick thing that people always ask is like, hey, how, you know, I'm going to try one. I'm going to try whatever it is. This entire, and I think many mentors of mine or people that have opened up their practice, you would say the same. Like I've literally, I really put imagery to this. I've dreamt. I've take sips of sweat of all of like mentors like Brett, <laughs> yeah. Rich, Tom, and like literally just took everything in that they have given to us through courses, through shadowing them, and then just package it into this is what's been working for years. Now just use it, mm -hmm. right? The whole idea of reinventing the wheel is just so just not necessary <laughs> to think yeah. about, right? And just take the principles of all of these different continuing education courses that you guys provide and then shadow people like shadow 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 that's the biggest thing i tell everyone whether you're in the pt field chiral field shadow people that are doing it really well in practice and then don't reinvent the wheel with it say someone has a really poor stabilization property or um, pattern brett probably uses three months to to attack that and you should probably do it you yeah, know it does right. it doesn't think that someone that teaches these courses, does crazy things that in the X's and out. I mean, you guys shadowed Tom, he probably did a couple press-ups when you guys shadowed him. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, he's not doing all these different type of, you know, higher pillar motions in MDT. It's just stay true to the principles and use what works. Mm -hmm. Well, as an educator too, I think the most ultimate compliment is when you see your students go on and like, you know, start a place like this and just do a great job. And uh, I mean, that's what makes someone like myself most proud. So. Yeah. Thank you. Well, you're yeah. the man. No, awesome. And all things, uh, and again, can't gestalt that what you guys have been doing with providing courses for people to go to and talk with you guys in between breaks and things like even with the podcast series, you guys are providing just infinite knowledge to people that don't even know you sometimes too, and they're going to be taking courses with you just to meet you guys because... 
mean, you guys just provide great, great information and yeah. just great people. Oh, I love it. Well, I think if I could just sum it up, uh, you know, keep learning, but be yourself. Yep. You know, no matter what, no matter what Jake Alec does, he's going to be Jake Alec. Yep. So it's, that's, uh, and that's, he's a grinder. I mean, uh -huh. like you, when you're saying what makes you, I mean, I, when I, when we talk about you behind your back, you know, like we're like that dude grinds like, <laughs> and I mean, I think that's the ultimate compliment, you know? Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, be yourself and be consistent and the world's your oyster, right? Love it. Thanks for that. Good Thank to see you. you. Awesome. All right, guys. Have a great day. Uh, We'll see you next time, all see right? See you next time. <laughs>